Step 6. Repent. Week 1, Day 2. Redirected. Confession and Repentance. The opening prayer for this lesson is, God, help me step out of my ruts and turn to you. Confession, agreement with God about sin, and repentance, turning from sin, are companions on the path of regeneration. When you came to recovery, you were stuck or headed the wrong way in some aspect of your life. Whether you followed others or blazed your own trail, you now see that the paths that led to recovery were dead ends. When you confessed your inventory, you acknowledged the sin and damage of your paths. You admitted sinful patterns, your old nature's ruts, and idols, the loves that directed your way. You may have even felt relief from your struggles as you released the burden of your sin to God and let others into your journey. However, confession without repentance is like a man pulled from his rut, given a new destination and a navigator, but then he returns to the same dead-end path. To live in freedom, it is not enough to recognize you are on the wrong road and step out of your ruts. Confess. You must also change direction. Repent. You must turn from dead-end paths, turn to God's path, and walk with Him as He leads you. C.S. Lewis said, We all want progress, but progress means getting nearer to the place where you want to be. And if you have taken a wrong turn, then to go forward does not get you any nearer. If you are on the wrong road, progress means doing an about turn and walking back to the right road. In that case, the man who turns back soonest is the most progressive man. Take time to answer this question now. Question 1. From your inventory, list some of the paths you walked on, behavior patterns, idols, etc. Who or what led you to these ruts? Leaving God and His commands for your own way leads to destruction. Often, the pain caused by following your own path is what draws you to God. It's right to mourn the damage of your rebellion, and it's good that the pain of sin draws you back to God. Sometimes, however, you are only grieving the consequences of sin, rather than your rebellion against God. The Bible calls the regret for the consequences of sin, worldly grief. God is good. He can heal pain and repair the brokenness of sin, but He wants more for you than healing. God wants you to know the joy of totally giving your heart to Him and living in the purpose for which He created you. This joy comes from knowing and obeying God's will. Sin's greatest costs are the missed opportunities to know and walk in God's perfect love, fulfilling His purpose for your life. Sinful pursuits are rebellions from God's love and desire. The Bible calls the regret for your rebellion and offense against God, godly grief. Godly grief will lead you to turn from sin to God. 2 Corinthians 7 verse 9 to 10 says, I rejoice, not because you were grieved, but because you were grieved into repenting. For you felt a godly grief, so that you suffered no loss through us. For godly grief produces a repentance that leads to salvation without regret whereas worldly grief produces death. Many of us would rather feel better by just fixing our circumstances than to love and obey God. We love our idols, but hate their destruction. Augustine said, As a youth, I prayed, Give me chastity and restraint, but not yet. Once we forget sin's consequences, worldly grief, regret of consequences, without godly grief, 
regret of rebellion, will lead us back to old paths. Here are some examples of how worldly grief can be more of a focus than godly grief. We are in recovery to regain control of our lives, not to surrender control to God. We want to be rid of guilt and shame, but do not want to live righteously by God's strength. We long to be free of temptation and pain, but not to remain steadfast under trial. We want God to fix circumstances, not to change our direction and desires. Godly grief mourns both the damage of your sinful behavior and your rebellion against God. It accepts God's truth, seeks healing through confession, and then turns you from rebellious paths onto God's path. Godly grief leads to repentance. Charles H. Spurgeon said, Godly repentance is repentance of sin as sin, not of this sin nor of that, but of the whole mass. We repent of the sin of our nature as well as the sin of our practice. We bemoan sin within us and without us. We repent of sin itself as being an insult to God. Anything short of this is a mere surface repentance, and not a repentance which reaches to the bottom of the mischief. Repentance of the evil act and not of the evil heart is like men pumping water out of a leaky vessel, but forgetting to stop the leak. Some would dam up the stream, but leave the fountain still flowing. They would remove the eruption from the skin, but leave the disease in the flesh. Take time to answer these questions now. Question 2. In what ways do your worldly sorrows outweigh your godly sorrows? Have you grieved your rebellion against a perfect God? Question 3. Do you believe that your sin's greatest costs are missed opportunities to know and experience God's goodness? Why or why not? Question 4. Which sins do you find yourself confessing repeatedly? What changes can you make to turn from them permanently? Acts 3, verse 19 to 20, the extra mile memory verse, says, Repent therefore and turn back, that your sins may be blotted out, that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. God has wiped away your sins with the blood of Christ and He is in the process of healing you. But God wants to do more. He has plans to completely restore you and lead you in your created purpose. As you repent and turn to Him, as you walk in His presence on the journey He created for you, He will refresh you and bring you new life. The closing prayer for this lesson is, God, give me godly grief for my rebellion. Help me to repent of my sinful paths. Now it's time to take action. Read 2 Timothy 2 verse 22 out loud three times. Then try to repeat it from memory.